What's up, everybody? This is Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Talking Endurance and Mastery. And today, I'm super excited to share my recent interview with Jeremy Miller. Jeremy is a runner, a running coach, and a content creator with a massive Instagram following of over 90,000. And he is based out of Austin, Texas. If you ask me, he is one of the best running content creators out there right now. And after starting his running journey just a few years ago, he has completed several marathons and ultra marathons, including most recently running a 252 marathon at the 2023 Boston Marathon. He is also the founder of the Stronger, Faster, Farther community and training program, which has helped hundreds of athletes PR in their races. Throughout this episode, we dive into a bunch of topics, including the mindset of a marathoner, how to run a sub three hour marathon, and how this mindset has carried into his life as a content creator and an entrepreneur. So if you want to understand how to level up your mindset and go all in on yourself, then this is the episode for you. I'm going to roll the trailer and then we're going to get into it. Do you want to complete an endurance event and elevate all areas of your life, but you don't know where to start? Then you're in the right place. Talking Endurance and Mastery is a podcast to help you create a vision and take steps towards your goals and dreams. I'm your coach, Mario Minner. I've completed events like Ironmans and Ultramarathons, but I believe the true benefit from endurance events is how they help you become the best version of yourself. Join me as I share stories, lessons, and interview guests to help you apply endurance and mastery principles into every area of your life. Are you ready? Let's go. All right, Jeremy, super excited to have you on the show, man. Welcome. Mario, thanks for having me, man. I'm psyched to be here. All right, let's do this. So uh, a big thing, obviously, that we're going to be talking about with you is, is running and uh, becoming a running coach. But I'm just curious, everybody has a story of like how they got started with it. So how did you get into it? And, and what was that like in the beginning? Yeah, so I played sports growing up, hockey and baseball were kind of my two main sports. And baseball, we would run so much like I never understood why you ran so much in baseball when you're not really running that much during the game. But we ran so much, it felt like. I just absolutely hated running from from that point on just because it was typically used as punishment. It was always like conditioning or at the end of a practice, like whenever you least wanted to run is when they'd make us run. Um, and then same thing with hockey. It's obviously not running in hockey, but like that aerobic conditioning. I loved hockey. I love those sports, but just the the like endurance grit aspect of it was like, I just always hated that part of it. And so always despised running. And then when I was in college about five or six years ago, my girlfriend and I were living in Hawaii. We did an exchange program over there in Honolulu. I would, uh, I would go for walks during the day, just like from our apartment, just to like go out and enjoy the scenery. And we're living in Hawaii. So it was beautiful. And I would see people like out jogging along the streets I'm like that. It just looked like the worst thing ever. Basically. I was like, why are people out here running on purpose? Like it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. But then around that same time, I heard David Goggins on Joe Rogan, never heard of David Goggins before heard him talk about, of course, of course everybody, I feel like everybody's running 
origins come back to David Goggins. <laughs> so I heard him on Rogan, heard him tell his story of running hundred miles in a day. I didn't even know that people ran hundred miles. I, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know ultra marathons were a thing. So I heard this, his crazy story and that sparked me wanting to go out and, and try and run as well. So I like went into our apartment. Like I remember I got off the bus from listening to the, this podcast episode with Goggins went straight into the apartment, grabbed some like old gym shoes. I had not even running shoes necessarily. And, uh, just went out and ran. I remember I tried to run just a mile and I just went out like as hard as I could probably running like seven thirty pace or something. Just like, I, I didn't know what I was doing when I was hard as I could ran like a mile, uh, and then just walked it back home. Cause I was dying, had zero aerobic fitness. Didn't know the first thing about trying to train for running or anything. And that basically kind of went on for about a year or so I would just run a mile, two miles a day, literally as hard as I could. I, again, I just, I didn't know you're supposed to like run easy or run aerobically. Mm. So just purely sprinting for like 15 minutes every day. That was my running. Yeah. So I did that for about a year. And then, um, in 20, I think it was 2020, I want to say signed up for an ultra marathon. It was a, they called it an endurance challenge. It was like a 12 hour challenge where you started at 6 30 PM. And then you went until 6 30 AM. And this was up in the mountains in Wyoming where I'm from in my hometown. And I talked my friend into doing it and we're like, let's try and run 50 miles. Cause if like people can run hundred miles in 24 hours, maybe we could run 50 miles in 12 hours. Didn't even train for it. Signed up for it like two weeks before this event. I was running, I don't know, like 10 miles a week at the time. Like basically nothing. And, uh, went out, tried to run 50 miles. I think we actually made it like 43 miles or something. So like got pretty close, but you know, for not training or anything, it wasn't too bad. That's but that definitely, yeah. Yeah. Definitely gave me the bug to keep learning about running, keep trying to push myself, get faster, be able to go longer distances. And then from there I did uh, my first half marathon, did, uh, did a couple of half marathons, did my first marathon about a year ago, just ran Boston two weeks ago. So definitely come a long ways in the last few years, but yeah, that it was really that first, uh, that 12 hour challenge where I did my first like 5k first 10k first half marathon, first marathon, all in that one event. So that was, that was pretty special, but long-winded answer of saying that's where I started running and where I'm at now. Kind of. That is wild to me. Like what, like take me back to even just the thought of hearing about the race and like, what was it that made you think I'm going to go for an ultra right out of the gates. Was that like Goggins in your mind or was there something else about it? Like what, what was it that made you want to start with that? I was definitely like heavily <laughs> into listening to Goggins and listening to podcasts he was on. And just that mindset of, you know, doing something that sucks every single day. I think I, I was like 21, 22 years old at the time. And like, didn't really know what I want to do with my life quite yet. I was getting ready to finish up college. And like, I, I just, and I felt like I was just looking for something like to, to give me some purpose. And that seemed like a good thing to go do is like, it was a good challenge mentally. It was going to challenge me physically. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I knew the the race director. He was like a friend of mine from my hometown. And so he's the one who told me about it initially. And then I, again, I did the math of like, maybe we could do 50 miles, turn it into an ultra. But yeah, it was a lot of just like trying to push myself and see what I could do. Cause I'd never done anything even remotely close to that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, honestly though, I will say a lot of it comes back to just listening to Goggins. Cause that guy, he'll, he'll do that to you. 
it's it's so true like so many people that i know when you ask that question it it does come back to well i saw this video from goggins or i read his book so anybody who like reads that book like be careful because you're gonna go extreme places but i think like like we even talked about that has been life-changing it sounds like for you it has definitely been the case for me and even coming back to that purpose piece that was kind of the same thing that got me into triathlons initially about 10 years ago. I got challenged to a sprint triathlon at the time and I didn't own a bike, wasn't a swimmer, wasn't a runner, but it was around the same time right out of college. And as somebody like you, I was an athlete as well. And I didn't have like that team sport. And so having that endurance challenge and that goal kind of unlocked something in me that, that filled that athlete identity and gave me that sense of purpose. So what was it about that race specifically that then shifted something into you to where you wanted to go from just trying this once to then trying to be competitive as a runner? Yeah, I think it, uh, I don't know, a lot of it comes down to just, you know, inherently being a competitive person or, you know, playing sports growing up and, and wanting to not even compete against other people, but just wanting to compete against myself. Like one of my favorite sayings is from uh, Jordan Peterson, and he says, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who somebody else is today. And I, I've constantly think about that literally on a day-to-day basis still of like, just be better than you were yesterday, than you were last week, last year, whatever it is. And I think if, if you, if you stay on that pursuit of trying to always be better than your past self, like you can do that forever. And so at that first race, it definitely unlocked a lot of things in my mind. It gave me a ton of confidence of like, wow, I could actually go run an ultra. Like, what if I actually trained for it? I might actually do pretty good. <laughs> It gave me a ton of confidence in that gave me a lot of confidence in just like, I think everyday life of like figuring out. Cause I mean, you probably know this, but ultra running is such a mental thing. Obviously it's a, it's a physical endeavor, but arguably it's more mental than anything. And so being able to will your way through something really difficult running is just such a tangible way to have that. And I, I think it, again, it was just a very mind opening experience and, and I locked a lot of those different kinds of things for me. Yeah. I think that's, that's so true. Like the mental game is everything to me. And that's like the part that I, I love the most because it's so transferable to your everyday life and to your pursuits that you have with, with business and content and entrepreneurship and 100% agree with that. So, I mean, you mentioned started with that race, then, you know, half marathon marathon, you just slipped in like the Boston marathon in there, <laughs> like, you know, like obviously like the Mecca of marathon. So like, how, how did you go from, I think you said, did you just do your first marathon a year ago? Yeah, it was the, uh, the BPN, uh, marathon that they, they host here in Texas. Very cool. Yeah. I went, that was my first marathon. Of course, uh, decided, Oh, let's try and qualify for Boston at our first marathon. Um, so I, I ran a three hour and 54 second marathon. So I missed it by 54 seconds. No. Um, yeah. So like two seconds a mile, basically. Wow. So that, that sucked. <laughs> but again, realized like, wow. Okay. I, I, and I didn't really know what I was doing training wise. Like it was a lot of just stuff I got off the internet or watching okay. YouTube videos and didn't really have like a structure to it. And I actually looked back at my old training plan for that marathon the other day. And I was like, wow, I, how did I run three hours? Like it was pretty incredible. Cause I, again, I didn't know the concept of like easy days. Most of my, I, I was going based off of pace. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna run five miles at eight minute pace today. Like 
which was way too fast at the time. I didn't really have any true aerobic endurance. And so my training now has shifted dramatically, but uh, basically did that first marathon. That was last January in 2022. The next day signed up for the Eugene marathon and hired a running coach. Cause I'd realized I didn't know anything about marathons mm-hmm. <laughs> and then worked with him for, I think it was about three and a half months. And then in May of 2022, uh, ran Eugene ran like a 258. So about a nice. three minute PR roughly qualified for Boston. And even though it was only a couple minute PR, just the way that I felt after that marathon was like night and day compared to my first one. Like my first marathon, I was laying on the ground afterwards for 30 minutes. I was, I don't know what it is about milk, but I was begging my girlfriend. I was like, can you please find me a glass of milk? And I was just like, <laughs> absolutely pathetic laying on the ground. Oh uh, my gosh. I was on the verge of like blacking out the last couple of miles. It was a mess, but Anyways, ran Eugene a couple months later, felt fantastic towards the end of that, like negative split the whole race, felt really good. And that's where I really realized, I was like, okay, if I actually train for something properly and stick to it, then I can, you know, actually perform pretty well and feel pretty good in the process. So yeah, qualified May, 2022 for Boston, and then did some like ultra stuff last summer, did a couple half marathons in between, and then just did Boston. So Boston was my third marathon just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I mean, I, I loved like seeing all of the content that you created about the, the, the whole like weekend and the whole experience, but can you just like, take us through like, what, what is, what is it like running the Boston marathon and how was the race for you? Man, it is, it's, it's to this point for sure. The most exciting, um, most memorable race that I've done so far. And it's just, I think a lot of it comes down to just the energy. Like as soon as we landed in Boston, like there's people in the airports wearing the, the marathon jackets. There's like blue and yellow flags and balloons and stuff everywhere. It's like that whole city just like totally embraces the marathon and you can feel it just walking around and like going to restaurants and grocery stores. So like you can literally just feel the energy when you, mm-hmm. when you're in Boston that whole weekend. And then, I mean, from the expo to like the shakeout runs to, you know, taking the buses to Hopkinton uh, on race day morning, you're just around all these like very, very motivated people. And the cool thing about Boston too, is like to run Boston, you have to qualify. So you're around a lot of other very fast, very like-minded people. And you can definitely sense that this year was the weather was pretty solid. It rained for the first like five to six miles, which I actually, I love the rain. Uh, a lot of people hate running in the rain. I actually, I love it for whatever reason. That's like Goggins in you again. Yeah, it must yeah. be. I think I, I, I probably like it because everybody else hates it. Um, there you go. That might be what it is. I don't know, but uh rained at the beginning of the race. And then like the weather was like 40, 50 degrees all the way through the finish. It, it like dumped rain from like 23 to 26, but mm-hmm. I mean, really honestly couldn't ask for better weather, but I mean, the like course is just lined with spectators from literally mile one to 26. It's, it's Patriots day in Boston. So for the most part, the whole city kind of just shuts down. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people have work off and stuff. And so People just go to watch the marathon. And I think some years they have up to like a million spectators. Wow. And it's, I'm telling you from literally the start line to the finish line, just lined with people yelling at you, you know, saying out your bib number. Some people have like their names on their bib. So they're like, they're yelling out their names and just cheering you on the entire way. And again, you're around a bunch of fast people. So you're like, just, I don't know. It's, it all comes down to energy. I think of just like this really positive, contagious feeling the whole weekend. But yeah, I was going for... 250 in Boston. Um, mm-hmm. and then I think I ended up running a 252. So I missed a goal time by a little bit, but like I couldn't be mad because it was like a six minute PR. And I mean, the whole time too, I was telling myself, I was like, I want to hit this goal time, 
but I want to just experience Boston for what it is and, and soak it all in as much as possible. So I, I wasn't too upset that I missed my goal time, but uh, yeah, Boston in general is just, it's an, it's an epic race. And I highly recommend anybody that, that qualifies to definitely go run it. Well, the thing that was so interesting to me was just like following your content and your Instagram of the weekend experience, like leading up to it, you know, for me, I have this idea of like, okay, if I do the Boston marathon, I'm going to be like locked in and like in my hotel room, like getting my mind right. <laughs> I was watching you and you're eating lobster rolls. You're at <laughs> the Red Sox game, like eating hot dogs. I'm like, that's kind of like a cool way to just take in like the whole experience. So was that like an intentional kind of focus for you with your mindset, like throughout the whole weekend and throughout the whole race? Yeah. I mean, man, maybe on the outside, it looked like I was just enjoying the moment, but I was definitely the whole time just thinking about, okay, 625 paces. We've got a hill like mile 22. Like I was going through this all in my head all weekend, but still definitely trying to like enjoy everything while we were there. And, and that's, that's what I love about, or one of the things I love about running is like, it can take you to these cool events or cool experiences like this. And yeah. so I didn't want to just go and be in the hotel and, you know, be eating rice and chicken all weekend and staying dialed in. I wanted to like go and experience Boston too. And so I eventually want to do the, the six major marathons. Yeah. Chicago, New York, Boston, Tokyo, London, and Berlin. And it's same thing with all those races. Like I might have a goal time or something for those, but I want to go and have extra time either before or after the marathon and like experience those cities and the culture and everything. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's kind of, for me, just an excuse to like go visit those parts of the world too. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like that that's a big part, part of it is just like the experience, the adventure, like getting to connect with other like-minded people. But I am kind of curious though, cause I, I like to geek out on kind of like the, the mindset of an athlete. And so in those moments leading up to it, what are the key things that you do to prepare your mind to run a sub three hour marathon? So what are, what are those things that come to mind? Yeah, the, I would say the biggest thing is I know from experience that at some point during any race, no matter if it's a 5K or a 100 mile race, I, I can't use 100 mile race as an example because I haven't run 100 miles, a 5K or a 50 miler, we'll say that. At any point during those races, like it's going to get hard and there's mm -hmm. going to be a moment where you start asking yourself, why am I doing this? What am I doing out here? Why should I keep moving forward? And I think just having an answer to that question when it gets hard, you know, for a marathon, for example, it's usually around like mile 20 or 22, where you start asking yourself those questions. And I think just having an answer to that question is, is the most important. Cause I think what happens when a lot of people get to that point and they don't have an answer to that question, or they haven't you know, previously thought out what their answer is going to be, start asking themselves those questions. They don't have an answer. And then they're like, oh, well, I guess I'll just be done or I'll just walk for a little bit or whatever. So for me, at least that's, that's one of the biggest things is just like tell myself what I'm going to tell myself when it gets to that point. So I don't know. I think everybody's answer is obviously different for their why, but a lot of it for me is like, it's not even necessarily like selfish reasons of like, I want to beat this goal time or finish this race so that I can post about on Instagram or, or share it with people or whatever. But it's more so like I told myself I was going to do it. So do it. It's like how you do anything is how you do everything. And so if I tell myself I'm going to go run a sub three hour marathon, I'm going to do everything in my power to do it because I told myself I was going to do it. Mm, okay. So it, it's more of that following through on that personal commitment that you've made to yourself. Like I exactly. said, I'm going to do this. 
I'm going to push through no matter what. And I think that that's a big thing that I try and help other people with as well is being prepared for that moment ahead of time. And it sounds like that's like what you do as well. Like, you know, it's going to happen. And when it happens, I'm going to say this, or I'm going to think this, or I'm going to do this in that situation to, to keep going. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think uh, another part of it too, in addition to like telling myself, I'm going to finish it. Cause I told myself I was going to is, uh, in Boston, my my girlfriend and my mom were out there to support me. Mm-hmm. And they were out there standing in the rain for like hours and hours waiting for me to finish. And I told myself at the same time, also, I'm like, if they're going to be spending their time coming out here to Boston for the weekend, being with me, following me around, you know, waiting out in the rain and the cold, like the least I can do is show up at the finish line when I said I was going to and like be in good spirits, be happy, all this stuff. And like when I did my ultra last summer, my 50 miler, it was the same exact thing. I had like a bunch of friends and family waiting for me at aid stations and at the finish line. And at that point, uh, that was a big part of my motivation was just to keep going, was just to like keep going because they're there spending their time to support me. So I don't want to be out here for longer than I need to be. And, you know, so that that's definitely part of it as well. Yeah. I think for me, like, gratitude is such a huge part of it too, because, you know, when you get into these longer races, those are things that you can't do alone. Like you need support from other people and even just like the training process and how committed you need to be to, to train for something like this. It, It takes, you know, it takes commitment and sacrifice from the people around you. So I love that you recognize that. So, I think one other thing on that too, I, th- I gratitude that you're even able to do those events. Like so you've, got, you've got two functioning legs, you, you've got lungs, you've got everything is in sync and you're able to go do it. Cause there's so many people out there that, you know, had an accident or was born with like defects or something where they literally can't mm-hmm. go and do those things. So I think about that a lot too, of like, I'm just grateful that I can come out here and, and voluntarily suffer just because I'm just because I can. Yeah. Well, I think even coming back to what you mentioned before is like thinking about who you were previously. And for me, like a big thing, whenever I'm able to compete in a race, I'm, I'm so grateful for all of the steps that I've taken to put myself in a position to be able to do that race. So for you, like not comparing yourself to your goal time of sub 250, but comparing yourself to that guy who just started by running one mile in Hawaii or like taking on that ultra in that first challenge, like being grateful for all of the the steps that you've taken to get to where you are in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think having that mindset can, can take you really, really far in life. Cause again, you're just stacking on top of past accomplishments and continuously getting better and better and, and not comparing yourself to somebody else who's been doing it for 10 years but comparing it to who you used to be or where you previously were. So how do you stay anchored in that as you have created and generated this massive following of, of people on Instagram and on TikTok? And like, how do you continue to stay focused on that aspect and, and the love of it and not doing it for approval from other people? That's a good question. I, again, I think a lot of it comes down to like, I just want to be better than, than I was yesterday. And I think I definitely have, I've come to learn this. I think I have whatever that thing is. I think a lot of it is just rooted in insecurity probably where I don't feel like anything I do is, is like good enough a lot of times, which can be toxic sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that is a lot of times what keeps me moving forward is like not ever feeling satisfied or like, Oh, that was good. Like I ran a two fifty two 
And I'm like, yeah, that was good. But damn it, I, sh- I should have pushed a little bit harder. I know I could have pushed a little bit harder. And I think, I don't know, that's a big part of it for me is like, I, I just don't ever feel like I'm doing enough and I want to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. So again, it can, it can be not great sometimes because that can get out of control. But I think a lot of times it's, it's almost required to have that mindset to, to constantly be pushing yourself forward and, and seeing what you can do and seeing how you can grow in different areas. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that and being real because like that achiever in you and that like athlete mentality of like, there's always room for improvement. That is 100% the way that I'm wired as well. And, you know, I've, I've through kind of coaching and training and reflection, like I've realized that you can be grateful for the progress that you've made and you can still continue to strive to be even better. And I don't view that as a bad thing, as long as it's anchored in kind of what we've been talking about, like, well, I, why am I doing this? I'm doing this to try and uh, become the best version of myself and to challenge myself and to, to inspire others and to give them the tools to, to go after it, because that's a huge part about why I have these conversations and why I do what I do. And even that question that I asked you is a question that I ask myself about, am I doing this for myself or am I doing this for other reasons? So I, I just, I like, I like that answer there. Yeah. I think constantly asking yourself that, that why question of why, why should I keep moving forward? Why should I keep doing these things? Cause there's definitely days where I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, what's the point of all this? But as long mm. as you have an answer for it and that answer is powerful enough and you're, uh, what is that saying? It's like, as long as your, your why is strong enough, you can do any how or exactly. something along those lines where as long as you have that internal drive to, to keep pushing forward and that, that internal rationale for yourself, like you can do anything you want to do. I completely agree. And I think like a lot of people are listening, maybe listening to this and they're going to hear your story about how you started to then being able to run a sub three hour, you know, marathon, and they're going to have that goal. And so I'm, I'm curious if, if you could start to break down, like, what is the formula for a, a sub three hour marathon and how have you helped other people accomplish that? Yeah, I think uh, there's definitely a formula to it. I think there's there's two parts to it. One is the the like science and data side of things. That that's the cool thing with marathons is like it is very science and data driven, and, and you can you know you can go online and like find your training paces. And as long as you're you're training properly, finding the your easy day paces and your lactate threshold paces and and doing proper structure, um, then that can definitely help a lot. But I think that's only a small part of it because I think really like I call myself a running coach, but I've started to realize that I think I'm more of a mindset coach more than anything, because so that's, true. that's what takes, that's what it takes to run. Uh, it doesn't have to be a sub three marathon, but just hit a PR or hit a certain goal or, or run a hundred miles, whatever it is. Like so much of it is just a mindset you have surrounding it and being able to to wake up five, six days a week in the morning when it's dark outside, it's cold, everybody else in your house is sleeping or everybody in your neighborhood is sleeping and go outside and, and go run for an hour or go do like a, a difficult speed workout because those are the times you least want to do it. But as long as you have that mindset to do those things and get them, get them done, that's what it takes, I think, is, is way more important than the training structure. And I think I might be a good example of that. Like my first marathon... I didn't train at all how I should have. Like, I didn't know what lactate threshold was. I didn't know what VO2 max was. I didn't 
know what an easy day pace was, but I wanted to run a sub three hour marathon so damn bad that I showed up every day. I still did my training, if that's what you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And then I showed up on race day, mentally ready and prepared. And I, I know I missed the goal by 54 seconds, but if I would have, you know, gone out and said, ah, it'd be cool to run a sub three marathon, but I don't really care that much. Like I probably would have ran like three thirty or four hours. But I, I, again, I think that just so much of this fitness stuff is mindset driven. And even like, if you talk to some of the elite people that are running, you know, like sub two ten marathons or just insane paces, there's definitely a point where like genetically there is a cap, but I think we are all so far from that because our minds are limiting us. And, and mm. that's like the, what David Goggins says is like, uh, when you, when you think you're done, you're really only like 40% there. And I think the yep. same applies to, to paces in a marathon or, you know, running a, an ultra marathon is like, we, uh, we're just all capable of so much more than we think we are. And, and long answer to what the sub three hour formula is, but a lot of it comes down to just mindset and, and having the right mindset and, and having an answer to those, those questions. Yeah. And the mindset piece is so, so true. And that's the part that I love the most. And I think it's honestly why people are drawn to it in the first place is they recognize that they want to be better in some way and they want to challenge themselves. But there a lot of people I think are, are looking for ways to develop their mindset. And that is one of the biggest things that you really take away from any type of endurance challenge. If that's your first 5k, 10k, half marathon, whatever, whenever you set a big goal and you're, you experience a little bit of self-doubt, but you push through, you experience adversity, you overcome it, you then complete the goal that unlocks that thought of, well, if I can do that, then I can do anything. And I love seeing that transformation take place in anybody who takes something on like that. Could you dig into it even just like a little bit more? Like you've said the mindset that is required to complete a marathon or run a sub three. I know I heard you talk about, you know, getting up and doing the work when nobody's watching that, that, that definitely makes sense to me. You mentioned kind of understanding that you're capable of more than you think. Can you dig into what else is required to develop that mindset of a marathoner or a sub three hour marathoner? Yeah. I think uh, a lot of times for me, I think of like, what would a sub three marathoner do in this scenario? And like kind of taking on nice. that identity. Uh, it's such a weird way to think about it, I guess, but it's like, if I want to run a hundred miles, I'm going to start living my life for the next six months with the mindset of like, what would a hundred, what would a person who's going to run a hundred miles do in this situation? Would they, yep. would they go out with friends and have drinks? the night before they have a 20 mile run, or are they going to stay in, eat some good food, go to bed early, wake up and go crush 20 miles. It's like, Oh, cause I think a lot of people, they, myself included, like they sometimes struggle with their identity or, or who they are. And we're all just trying to figure it out and that's fine. But taking on the identity of that person that you want to be, I think that is a, is a good way of going about it. And it's a really tactical way you can implement that into your life is like, if I want to run a sub three hour marathon, then just start living your life as if you were somebody like envision somebody you think would be running a sub three and just start doing that. It was actually Pierce. He just told me this quote uh, the other day of like your lifestyle becomes your life. And it's mm. like, if you start living your day-to-day -day life 
uh, and making the choices in your lifestyle of a, of a particular thing, then that's what your life becomes. Like if you, if you tell yourself, I'm a runner, I'm really healthy. I eat really good food. Then when you get to the choice of like, okay, should I go to McDonald's or should I go home and make chicken and rice? Because you tell yourself, I'm a, I'm a healthy person who eats good food. You're probably mm-hmm. going to go home and eat chicken and rice. And so a lot of it just comes down to the like identity that you, you put on yourself, I suppose. It's so true because that's like the number one thing that I think holds a lot of people back from even getting started. And it's really the number one hurdle to overcome even after you have committed to something. Because so many people, when they think of like an endurance event, they think, oh, I'm not an endurance athlete or, oh, I'm not a marathoner. And one thing that I really like to do in those situations is just add the word yet uh, to the end of that sentence. Because then it's like, oh, I'm not an endurance athlete yet. And that opens up the doors for the possibility that you could become whatever you want to become. And I love love the thought of taking on the identity. That's something that James Clear uh, talks about as well. Like if you're trying to build better habits, ask yourself, you know, what would a healthy person do? Or, you know, what would a marathoner do? Or even if you're trying to branch out and start something new, if that's content creation or podcasting, taking on that identity is huge. So have you seen that mindset helping you in other areas as well? Oh, a hundred percent. I want to say one thing in there. It's like Jesse Yitzler says, we're, we're millionaires. They just haven't paid us yet. Yes. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's like, I love that. You know that you are there. You just, it just hasn't happened to you yet. And so you actually mentioned it in there. Uh, when I first decided I was like in July or so of 2022, that I wanted to invest more into myself, invest more in my personal brand and become a content creator. I literally told myself, uh, or I started telling my friends that because that's me what I was doing for work or something. And I would say, oh, I'm a content creator. And it's like, I'd maybe started making reels like a week ago. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that I guess that makes me a content creator. I and made now, one, I made one piece of content. Now I'm a content creator. Exactly. Right? And so now like eight, nine months later, I can confidently say, yeah, I'm basically a full-time content creator. So yeah, I think, you know, having that, mindset again of just taking on the identity of whatever you want to do, uh, whether it's to start a business or to move up in your job or be a better spouse, whatever it is, like taking on the identity and and telling yourself this is what this type of person would do. Cause then you just over time become that type of person. Yeah. Well, this is like the part that I love about running and endurance events is like everything that you learn in that realm carries over into anything that you want to do professionally or from an entrepreneurial perspective, like creating content in, in podcasting. And, you know, that's, that's why you're talking about that identity. And that that's something that I like really struggled with because before we started recording, I told you about when I first decided to start a podcast, I decided to do a podcast every single day for a year. But what I didn't tell you is that I didn't, tell people about it until I was about 200 episodes in. And so I was so worried about what other people would think about me when I was creating content and recording podcast episodes that I didn't tell anybody about it. It was just like my wife knew about it and like some friends and family. And eventually I reached a point where it was like, all right, like I have the courage, I'm going to post about it. So is that something that did you experience that that fear of creating content? And what is 
some pieces of advice that you would offer to somebody who right now is like thinking about creating content or thinking about, you know, starting a podcast or some type of creative element, but they're held back by that fear or that lack of identity. Yeah, that's a, that was definitely a big thing that held me back for a while. When we, when my girlfriend and I lived in Hawaii, uh, we also started a YouTube channel and started making like YouTube vlogs oh, nice. and we made like, we made one every week. We ended up going through with it, but for the first couple of weeks, it was so difficult to, to talk on camera. We wanted to like, you know, do a proper vlog where we're speaking to the camera, saying what we're doing, what we're thinking. But for the first few episodes, like we wouldn't do that. Like we would just show like B-roll with music basically. And that, I mean, that was, I think like seven, eight years ago now, or some, somewhere around that time. Like even to this day, I'm still dealing with like, you know, maybe I'm insecure about how my voice sounds or how I look in on this shot or whatever. And so I think I just reached a point probably through the reps of just persisting forward of like, I don't give a shit what anybody thinks. Like it's, yeah. it's easy to say that. And that's honestly what happened, but it's very difficult for sure to, to create content, to put yourself out there. Uh, and I think a lot of people, it comes back to like what their family might say or their friends from high school. Ever. And so I think just it's, it's again, it's a mindset shift that you have to have of like, am I really going to let this like friend from high school dictate me making content online? And it, like, if you ask yourself in those like blunt terms, like I think most people logically would say, well, no, that doesn't make any sense. Like just do it anyways. And so for me, it was again, just a mindset shift of like, you have to just not give a shit what other people think and, and do what you want to do. And uh, I was talking with Pierce about this the other day of like, I think so many people want to be average or be normal and fit in with the crowds. And I don't know, it's, it's like, it's an inherent thing that we all want to do, I think. But mm -hmm. from my observations of successful people or really happy people, they're the contrarians. They're the people that go out and they do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. And they're yep. just making their own path. And that's really seems to be the best way to go about it. Because if you just say, fuck it to, anybody else and what they have to say about you. And as long as you're doing what makes you happy and, and fulfills you, that's where I think you're going to find the the happiness and the success. Yeah. And I think it, the realization there is this is something that everybody experiences. Mm -hmm. And so this is an opportunity for you to like work through that fear, kind of coming back to what you were talking about with, with the marathon, like everybody is going to encounter that low moment in that adversity and the person who's better prepared for it, the person who has the why is the one that's actually going to, going to push through. And so I like, before I started creating content, everybody was saying like, just get started, like just get the reps in. And I, and I was still just like, I can't, like, I can't do that first thing. But now that I've gotten, you know, 550 podcast episodes, I've done a bunch of posts on Instagram the advice is still the same. Like that's what I'm telling other people as well is like, just get started, just post that first thing, just talk to the camera. And it's just kind of funny how that, that advice like is correct, but it's not what you maybe want to hear yeah. to get started. Yeah. I think everybody knows that, that you need to just do it. And it, again, that's why I think it's, it's just a mindset shift that you have to have because people know the tactical steps they have to take it's the more like abstract mindset or, or the mentality that needs to be shifted that is required to get people to start doing stuff. But yeah, like you hit it on the head of like, you literally just have to start 
like but I want to do a podcast for so long. I, I've been listening to Joe Rogan for like five yeah. six years from my episode like three or four hundred, and he's almost to two thousand now. And ever since I started listening to him, I was like, man, it'd be so cool to have my own podcast and get to chat with people and learn from them. And then literally, I think I just launched it like a month ago because it took me that long to work up the courage to finally do it. And and I think it, a lot of that courage came from running and like this other content creation of like, okay, I, f- I think I can actually finally do it now. But it's the same thing of like, you just have to start. And uh, I don't know, it, a lot of it's paralysis by analysis too. Like you, you think about all the reasons it could go wrong or mm. why it might not work out, but you don't have anything that can fail or succeed unless you actually make something and you actually take action on it. Yeah. Well, like I'll definitely link to your show because I've been loving the episodes that you've been doing so far. So we'll definitely link to that. But I'm curious, like if you've been thinking about it for so long, what was like the spark that got you to actually take action this time? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it. So I've been posting daily Instagram content since Mm -hmm. last July. So eight or nine months. And, uh, I think through that, putting the reps in there where I can edit it a little bit more, it doesn't have to be, uh, or, or it's typically a little bit more polished than like a podcast. Um, and like just kind of getting used to talking, doing a voiceover every day, putting my face online every day, that kind of thing that just kind of built up a callus over those last eight, nine months where I'm like, okay, I can, I think I can do a podcast. I've, I've kind of gotten over the the hurdle of like caring what other people think or sounding dumb or messing up or whatever it is. And so I think a lot of it came from probably just the doing the daily Instagram content. Uh, I remember the first video I ever put on my story where I was just like talking to the camera. Like I probably recorded it. I shit you not probably like 60 times because (laughs) it was like a 30 second little talk, but I would mess up a word or I didn't like the way I sounded or I didn't like the way I looked or whatever. And now like I'll pull up my phone record the video, not even watch it back half the time and just post it. And it's just, again, it's just a mindset shift that you have to have. It's so funny because I did that this morning. Like I went on a run and I was like, what's up guys? Happy Friday. Like just did a run. And I still feel like uncomfortable doing that. So like that, that part that you're talking about, I understand it so well because I'm right in it. But another thing that really kind of inspires me about your story is your decision to go all in on yourself and bet on yourself. And so that is actually like the phase that I'm in like right now, I've been working towards this for about three years and I'm getting ready to actually go all in on myself. And and so I would just be curious, like what advice would you have somebody have for somebody who has maybe been thinking about taking that next step or has been creating something or working on a business and they're about to make that leap. They're not sure. Should I do it? Should I not? Or they have certain fears and concerns. What advice would you have for somebody who's getting ready to, to go all, all in on themselves? I think if you're even considering it, you just got to do it. Like, it, And honestly, I think in my experience, the, the time when you least want to do it, just like anything else, the time when you least want to to quit your job and go all in on yourself or or start a business, whatever, that's the time that you have to do it because it's those moments where you're like back is against the wall where you're like, shit, I, am I going to be able to pay my rent this month? Am I going to be able to pay my bills or, or whatever? And so it's those moments where you have, you're forced to be creative. You're forced to think on your feet. And those are some of your best ideas, I think, is where you like, you're kind of panicking or scrambling to like, 
make shit happen. Like I hear it all the time from entrepreneurs or people with businesses where like, we literally had like two days to bring in this amount of money. Otherwise our businesses was going to go bankrupt. And that forces you to get creative and like do a new marketing campaign or put out a new ad or do something in your business mm -hmm. that is going to get you those numbers. Because otherwise I think you're just complacent. Like I think a lot of people get complacent in their day-to-day nine-to-five job or whatever their normal routine is. And they're not really challenged. They're not really thinking creatively because they don't have to. They're just like kind of existing. And so in my opinion, just, just make the jump. Just like, just do it. And just, I mean, do it cold turkey basically. And I think in those moments, again, that's where you figure it out the most. So yeah, like for me, cause I was, I was working at, um, I'm sure, you know, like, like BPN. Yeah. Yeah. I was working there for most of 2022. And then in August, uh, I got to the point where I'm like, I need to just leave and, and go do my own thing and, mm -hmm. and build up something for myself. And it was like, within a couple of weeks, I just, I was done and I, I just made the choice. I was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out one way, one way or another. And, uh, within like a couple of weeks, I was like coaching several people for, for running and like already getting some brand deals. Cause I was posting so much Instagram content and I, I just had to be really, really creative with how I was going to make money. And now it's like, I've set up systems and I don't have to like panic as much or mm -hmm. you know, be as diligent with it. But yeah, I think, I think you just got to do it even if you're uh, not ready. Yeah, no, I know it, it's like that, that the same like fears that prevent somebody from signing up for a marathon, yeah. I believe are the same fears that prevent somebody from going all in on themselves. And, you know, just kind of curious for you, did you have some of those systems in place on your personal brand and on your business before you took that leap? Or did you just quit your job and then figure it all out from there? Like what, what did that look like? It was mostly the latter. <laughs> wow. That's, yeah, so, that's so, I'm so impressed. Yeah. I mean, like I had a, a little bit of like emergency savings. So I was like, I knew I wasn't, we weren't going to be like homeless or anything. <laughs> yeah. But again, it was within like a month or so that I was able to figure it all out and, and like start. Uh, and then very quickly, I was making like double the money that I was there, which is not all about the money, but when you can double your income like that, yeah, that's pretty nice. So yeah, I don't have like a lot of good tactical things that you can apply other than like, you know, I guess try to have some, something figured out or have enough savings that you're going to be okay. If whatever you're trying doesn't end up working out, but uh, it's just so much of this stuff, which is why I love running so much is it so much of it just comes down to the mindset that you have. And, and, you know, again, whatever you're trying to do, as long as you want to do it bad enough, you're going to figure out a way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it, does come back to that, like in a race, like you don't know like what's going to happen, but the end of it is clear. Like you are going to cross the finish line. And I think at least for me, like that's the mindset that I've been having as I've been thinking about going all in on myself and going all in on my, on my business is I don't know exactly like how it's going to happen, how it's going to work, but I'm going to make it happen. And I think that's just the way that I'm wired as an endurance athlete. Like, I, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. I know I'm going to do this and I know that, that I'm going to make it happen. So is that the same, same thought for you? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, I mean, even now I don't know where exactly I want my business or my brand to go. I have like some general ideas, I guess, but like I I'm for the most part, just take it day by day or week by week. And, and going back to what I said earlier, of just like, trying to be better than I was yesterday and trying mm -hmm. to grow my business more, try and grow my following more, try and, um, you know, whether it's like taking on more 
clients for coaching or, uh, you know, finding different revenue streams. Uh, like, so I started like a training app. There's, I mean, there's so many different things you can do. And, and I think the coolest part about the times we're currently living in is like, you can literally make a living. You can make a hundred grand a year by never leaving your house. Like mm-hmm. you can do everything online if you want to. Um, there's so many ways to make money. And there's, I think there's more people now than ever that are entrepreneurs or, or solopreneurs like myself who can be self-sustaining without having to go get a college degree or without having to like go work a corporate job and go do all this stuff. I think you can, uh, you can do it on your own, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And I think it's almost both sides of it for me because it's so comforting knowing that there's all of these different ways to, you know, build an income and have an impact like online. But at the same time, it's also like you get all of these messages where it's like, be a coach and do that. And that will, that's all you need. Then it's start a podcast. That's all you need. Like start something over here. Like that's all you need. And I'm like, and and I've, it's kind of like both, both aspects for me where it is, it opens up your mind to where, you know, yeah. that you can make it happen. But at the same time, it also creates some uh, lack of clarity there. So as you have been, and maybe this is a good, a good segue because, you know, you didn't just go all in on yourself. You went all in on your personal brand and on the the stronger, faster, farther uh, brand that you're building. So can you tell me like, why, why did you start that brand and kind of what, what's the impact that you hope to have with that? Yeah, I wanted to have something that can start creating a community uh, other than just like my name or myself. And so I created Stronger, Faster, Farther, which is, I think it's just that it's a community of people. Um, so it's like my my training app with like strength and, and running workouts in there. I'm starting to do more apparel, even like my one-on-one coaching, like a lot of it's all tied back to that. And just trying to create uh, like a bigger brand that people can be a part of and a bigger community that people can be a part of. Cause I think there's so much value in having uh, a community of like-minded people who can, you can like ask questions, you can bounce off different things too. And, and just feel like you're a part of something. I feel like that's missing a lot of people's lives. And so I want to kind of create a place for that. And again, it's a lot of, it's very new still. So I'm still trying to figure it all out and, and bring it all together. But um, yeah, a lot of it also just comes down to like helping people like, the, the training app and the one-on-one coaching, that's where I definitely have the most impact, I feel like, or at least that's where I feel like I have the most impact is like helping people to achieve their fitness goals. And again, I feel like I'm more of a mindset coach a lot of the times. And so helping people work through things in their personal lives and and take on challenges in, the, in their lives. And so, yeah, I don't know. That was a, not a great answer to that question. <laughs> no, it is like, you're, you're really trying to create a community of people that, that believe in the lifestyle of, of being stronger, faster, and farther. And like, you want to bring people together. Cause you're right. Like we all want to be a part of something and we want to be around like-minded people coming back to the identity piece. When you're surrounded by other people that are going after the same goals, that's one of the best ways to take on that identity is when you're a part and just surrounded by everybody like that. So one thing I'm also curious about is like, how did you settle on that, that name uh, and how did you kind of create that brand? Yeah. So it's, uh, kind of has a, a double meaning, I suppose, stronger meaning like having a strong mindset, being able to will yourself through things and then stronger. I love weightlifting and strength training. And that's Mm -hmm. always been a big part of my life. So being physically strong as well. And then, uh, faster as in 
taking like swift action, not waiting around and, and paralysis by analysis and like moving quickly with things and kind of being uh, like, I like to say impatiently or yeah, impatiently patient, like be mm. impatient in the short term, but be patient and trust the process. And then faster also meaning in like, go run a fast race, like set a new personal record. And then farther, same thing of like, have these big goals, continue pushing and and moving further and further in your life. And then farther also in like running ultra marathons or running further distances or just continuing to push yourself physically farther. So kind of has a double meaning, like physically and mentally. Yeah. I think that's really been kind of the theme of everything that we've been talking about with not just marathons, like the physical side of training for it, but the mental side and creating content as well. And just being being able to develop not just the physical aspect, but the mental aspect to take on the identity and be successful in those areas. And I, I love that. So I'm huge fan of like the content that you're creating and have gotten so much out of the, the conversation today. And just kind of, as we're wrapping up here, one of the, one of the communities that I'm building is called Endurify. And so endurance, it comes from the word endurance and IFY, uh, because the, the definition of endurance is the ability to continue or last And IFY means to make or to become. So what I believe is when you take on endurance challenges, you become the type of person that can continue or last, uh, despite whatever stands in your way. And so as we're kind of wrapping up here, what is one piece of advice that you would have for athletes or entrepreneurs or anybody who who's aspiring to be one of those, what's one piece of advice that you have for them to continue or last despite whatever stands in their way? Yeah, I think there's two things that I, I consistently remind myself of. And one is consistency and two is patience. I think if you are a consistent person, you show up every day, you don't have to set a new PR every day. You don't have to hit a max bench press, whatever. But if you just show up and be consistent and you trust the process and you're patient and you play the long game, I think if you have those two characteristics and, you, and you're conscious with those two, you can just do anything that you want to do in life, whether it's building a business or running an ultra marathon or doing an Ironman or whatever it is. Like if you're consistent with the, the day-to-day work that you have to put in, and you're patient and you you trust that work and know that something good is coming down the road, I think that's a deadly combo to have those two things. So consistency and patience. And I 100% agree with that. But I also, just for myself, like selfishly, it's almost like the answer that I don't want to hear again, uh. <laughs> right? Because like in your, if you have like a business goal or a podcast goal, like you want it to happen like right away. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, you need to be consistent on a daily basis. You need to be patient with the results. But do you feel do you feel like that at all? Like, is it, or is that something that you have just like accepted and and, and you just know know to be true? Yeah, I've unfortunately, reluctantly had to accept that fact. Yeah, <laughs> that, that okay. things just take time because I'm I'm like the most impatient person in the whole world. Like. <laughs> My girlfriend hates me half the time because I'm just like, okay, come on, let's like, let's move this along. Like I'm so impatient. And so, yeah, I think that that's where I said earlier, but the being impatiently patient and like, Mm. and in your day-to-day life, I think it's okay to be impatient with things because that's where you can take action and move quickly and, and get things done and want things instantly. But 
also in the back of your mind, being patient and trusting that long-term aspect of it. So yeah, I'm huge. I'm very impatient, but I've just come to understand that anything good takes time. That's so true. And like, I think that a lot of people that are listening, they're, they're in it for the lifestyle. They're in it for the long-term. And I really hope that this message, you know, really sticks and really resonates because I found it to be 100% true with everything that I have taken on uh, with endurance events and with my own business. So thank you so much for, for coming on. There's so many things that I'm going to personally like take away from this conversation. And I just admire how, how authentic you are, how real you are about like how it all started and how practical the, the advices that you're giving. And so I uh, just wanted to, to ask, like, is there for anybody who's listening, like, how can they, you know, follow you and how can they be a part of your journey going forward? Yeah. My uh, website is jeremymiller.io and then uh, Instagram will probably be the next best place. That's just uh, Jeremy Miller, but yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on, man. This was a, this was a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks so much. And I will link to everything uh, in the show notes. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. Perfect. Thanks, Mario.